0: yo everybody welcome to between the gutters the podcast where we talk about the stories within the panels i'm your co-host drew tan and with me is our other co-host albert lamb and today we are going to discuss girls last tour this is a manga as well as an anime and we are going to talk about both of them ain't that right albert
1: That is quite correct, sir. You have once again hit it directly on the head. The same way that I would hit a small child or a tiny adult. (laughs) Just dead center. Well, they
0: say that when the only tool you have available to you is a hammer, everything else looks like a
1: nail. Exactly. And I'm constantly just smashing nails... Nails so. is what I call people, <laughs> <laughs> especially,
0: especially young people who are too especially weak and powerless tiny to fight defenseless back. Defenseless
1: people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, everybody. I don't consider children people. <laughs> Shonka Donka, everybody, <laughs> welcome to Between the Gutters. That's what we do here. This was a dark episode.
0: It's. It started off pretty dark, but on the other hand, that means it can only get brighter from here on out. <laughs> it's always darkest before the dawn, my friend.
1: I heard Zack Snyder. Then yeah, unless Zach is Snyder bleak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Then it's just dark and drenched in sepia tones. Yeah. <laughs> four hours. Wow. <laughs> so much there. So before we uh dive into girls last tour let me run down the credits first. So this is a manga written and drawn by a creator named Suku Mizu, and this is a pen name. We don't actually know anything about this person. I tried looking up information about her or him online and I I, I couldn't really find anything concrete other than people talking on Reddit. So
1: it's interesting. I, yeah. Oh, it's
0: it isn't. Go ahead Albert,
1: go ahead. Well, I mean I was just going to say that until you had mentioned it to me uh, when I read the manga I my my presumption of who uh what's what's the author's name again? Tsukumizu. Tsukumizu. Yeah. My presumption of tsuku, who Tsukumizu was was based on uh the small comic strip that she that the that Sukumizu made at the end of each manga which was it was kind of a behind the scenes one or two page comic strip that was always inserted towards the end and Sukumizu always at least in the translation uh was always presented as a woman or a girl mm-hmm. and you know, again, based on how the character in that comic strip uh, referred to herself, uh, until you mentioned it today, I, I had no idea that this was a pen name, let alone something to debate or, or question. So I was just always under the presumption that it was a woman. Yeah. Um, which yeah, is I, I just,
0: I, Yeah, I actually assumed she was a woman also. and. And uh, if we uh, refer to her uh, throughout the episode, I I might just reflexively refer to her as a woman because uh, that was the impression I got from the little comic strips that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, the interesting thing is thinking about why people use pen names, I guess the mystique is kind of part of it, right? Like, it doesn't really matter who or what the person is and what our preconceptions of the creator is, are, but yeah. uh, it's really more about just appreciating and understanding the final product.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure Sukumizu had reasons well, for it, what, whatever they may be, um, but regardless of my ignorance of the author... As a person, um, I, there, there's a lot that we can glean from the work itself and mm. what it might say about uh, the psyche or the inner workings of Sukumizu.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So getting back to the credits and the details of the manga, this was originally published in japan in one of the seinen magazines from uh to 2014 through 2018 so it's somewhat recent it's six volumes it's not very long compared to other really long series
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was brought over and to america by yen press they're mm-hmm. the english publisher and these american editions came out from I think 2017 to 2018. And the translator is Amanda Haley with lettering by Sean Michelle Lee. Mm. So that's uh, who's responsible for the manga. The anime came out right before the manga ended. And the anime itself was 12 episodes. Uh, It ran in late 2017 by Studio White Fox and it was directed by Takaharu Ozaki. So, yeah, there we go. Albert, here, here's a question, man. How did we decide to spend an episode talking about Girls' Last Tour?
1: Okay, so this is... I, I'll I'll try to keep it brief, but I'm probably going to get long-winded. Um, we've mentioned in other episodes in the past how uh, we've been... You know, we, we tend to scour the internet for inspiration. And occasionally we'll come across uh, a YouTube channel or a podcast that we really enjoy. And it'll inspire us to do our own uh, deep dive into a specific topic. And there was a period of time where... Well, one, there was a period of time where we were buying a lot of animes and... or. And we're still buying animes, but in recent years it's been it's certainly been a lot more and mm-hmm. buying animes led us down a rabbit hole where we started watching these videos uh breaking down the analysis of various animes and also recommending various animes so mm-hmm. in this time period, we were already working on our podcast, and on the side, we were you know, with the quarantine, or even without the quarantine, we were just watching our animes and watching these videos. And at one point, you mentioned that some of these videos were just of such high caliber and high quality and just so inspiring to you that you wanted to do more anime. Well, one of the things that I ended up picking up, I mean, in order for us to do an episode about anime for this podcast, it had to be we we wanted to stick true to our brand which was we wanted to do something that was related to comics so if we wanted to talk about an anime it one had to be connected to a manga that existed and two mm-hmm. it had to be something that was accessible to both of us and uh three um actually that it, it's just the two things
0: <laughs> three you got to hit another little kid on the head.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say so in our in the other thing that was across that 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 was a cross section of uh, of circumstances that put us in a position to go over Girls last tour was that uh, in the last anime sale that we that we where we just, you know, bought a bunch of stuff uh Generally speaking, me and you don't buy the same things because I think we it's unspoken. <laughs> it's unspoken, but we I think we both uh, instinctively know that exactly. Uh, we're we're probably gonna just pass things to each other so that we can get our maximize our our our, our money's worth, right?
0: Yeah, when it comes to comics and anime, we're basically like Eskimos
1: i i I don't know what Eskimos have to do with any of that i I assume that it's some sort of forging thing, so <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I've never looked into how Eskimos live, so I am in no way an expert on Eskimo culture or Eskimo <laughs> lifestyles. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, you've you've convinced me that you don't know anything about Eskimos.
1: Here, let me let me put up this PowerPoint presentation about how much I don't know about Eskimos. <laughs>
0: but anyways, you know what else I think appealed to us about Girls Last Tour though was how last year, way yeah. back, I think it was in June. Mm-hmm. I know it was episode thirty-two when when uh, we did our recommendations with Zach and Shanus. And we did that one episode where we talked about post-apocalyptic comics. Yeah. And and Girls' Last Tour was something that I think we had seen uh, in anime sales, but we'd never read the manga or anything. I hadn't mm-hmm. even watched it at the at that point in time. But it was something that yeah. uh, I was aware of. I think I looked at a trailer or something, and I knew the basic concept of it was yeah. two girls. And I thought at the time, I think I thought they had a tank. And they were just driving around a wasteland. Yeah. But, uh... I mean, that's... Yeah, that kind of seeded it in the back yeah. of my mind.
1: I mean, that's essentially what the, the story was. Like, if you were to summarize it in one sentence, that's, that's exactly what it is. Um, I remember seeing it on Sentai, uh, which is one of the websites that we frequent for anime sales. And I was I was reading the description, and it, it it was basically just a slice of life comic about two girls in a post apocalyptic wasteland, where they, you know, found the beauty in life and all the little uh, parts, moving parts that make up life, in mm-hmm. in a world that was for all intents and purposes, devoid of any real life, you know? Yeah. And and the thing was, uh, yeah, uh, like, when we did our recommendation for post-apocalyptic comics, I hadn't watched the anime or read the manga yet at that point. So, I mean, I couldn't very well recommend it at that point in time. But um, now that we have it and... Uh, due to the circumstances of us wanting to do more anime reviews, this was a perfect opportunity. The other point that I was going to make, Drew, that I -hmm. wanted to mention was, the other thing about why we chose it was, and if I had to be perfectly honest, it's pretty short (laughs) and it's not very dense. So it was something that we could... Well, one, I had already read it and I had already started watching the anime series when I proposed it to Drew as something that we could do for an episode. So mm-hmm. uh, at that point, it was just, you know, on Drew to read it. And I think he had like a two-week head start. And the what what was it? You said six volumes? Five? Six? Six volumes. I read it all in
0: the past uh, maybe 10 or 12 days. Yeah.
1: Like, so, like, I knew that it wasn't going to be something that would take him a long time to read, and having watched the anime series, I also knew that it was just 12 episodes, so it was relatively short, uh, you know, and something that he could catch up with fairly quickly and we'd be able to discuss on this show.
0: And it's not like I have anything else going on in my life, so, yeah, I got plenty of time for comics and anime. (sighs)
1: Ugh. Drew. You there, Albert? Drew. Yes. We live in a post-apocalyptic wasteland of the heart.
0: That we do, my friend. That we do. Every day, we are just trudging this emptiness that threatens to envelop our minds because there's just no hope (laughs) within grasp, within our grasp. So... Uh, what what are we talking about, Albert?
1: I don't know, but I want a sandwich. Yeah, food will <laughs> take your mind off all your problems. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the sandwiches are the <laughs> ideal food for people like us, because you can eat a sandwich with one hand and hold the comic book in the other.
1: This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Subway. It's not just for pedophiles. (laughs) It's for
0: comic book fans.
1: (laughs) So so in case any of you forgot, Jared, he was a real scumbag.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I actually haven't thought of him in a long time. (laughs) But uh, thanks thanks for reminding me, man. (laughs)
1: oh uh, so let's yeah. uh
0: yeah, let's dive into the discussion of the the manga and the anime um i guess first off the bat i'll i will say that for our listeners if you have not read the manga or watched the anime i think it's still worth it to listen to what we have to say because i don't think we plan to spoil anything too major and to be honest this isn't the kind of
1: story that really hinges yeah. on surprise. Exactly. So I mean, I don't we're, we're think spoiling is yeah. really. It, yeah. Exactly. It's not the kind of story that relies on. Yeah, like you, you, you got you hit it on the head. It, it doesn't rely on a surprise. Yeah. Go ahead. What were you gonna say?
0: I was just gonna say that uh uh there, it, we're we're definitely gonna talk about different themes within the story and we'll we'll talk about events and and you know plot elements so if you really don't want to be spoiled at all then yeah by all means go read or watch it but yeah. um you can also take this as just a a peek into what you might be missing out on like this this yeah. is why we recommend this manga and this anime and yeah um hopefully we'll we'll be able to communicate and articulate what yeah. makes it worth your while and if, if anything the the ending of the manga is it the, the anime actually doesn't cover the entire manga like mm-hmm. the anime uh, only covers the first four volumes, and it still has a satisfying ending in and of itself, yeah, but uh, I'll, I will say that... Uh, it does maybe have a different we'll discuss, feel to it. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll discuss the very end of the manga, near the end of the episode. Um, yeah. So, you know, if, if we're going to spoil that part of the manga, we'll we'll give you a warning beforehand, well, but yeah, we're exactly. just going to be talking about general stuff right now. We'll sound the
1: spoil, spoilful alarm when <laughs> yes. we get there.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, I was going to say, like... Well, one thing, or maybe two things one the first thing being that um this manga this manga is very much a i'd say it's slice of life and we've we've discussed uh, slice of life comics on here before uh and so you know, just to give you an idea of what to expect when you enter or yeah when you jump into the world of girls' last tour um And the second thing that I was going to say, which I guess, incidentally, ties very much into the first thing is, um, you know, back to the point you were making earlier about how this really isn't a a story that hinges on surprises, I'd probably sum it up this way, which is, it's a story that's more of an experience, Mm -hmm. and, you know... uh, at least for me personally it's it's something where in the reading of it i can definitely empathize with their experiences even though i've never lived in a post apocalyptic wasteland you know but it's it's yeah it takes that element of slice of life stories where it views a particular aspect of 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 living and deconstructs it in a meaningful way right Mm -hmm. and again like i i may not have ever uh lived in a war zone or been in a post-apocalyptic wasteland but i know what it's like to be lonely i know what it's like to feel hunger you know, mm-hmm. things like that, so, um, yeah, yeah, the, that, I, I do think that for people who, who are curious about Girls Last Tour, it, it's, that's my selling point, or that, I think that's the selling point of it, is its ability to, um, yeah, to, to look at the, 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 the quiet moments in your life, and, just put appreciation on it you know yeah absolutely
0: it's it's a series that really builds up these ideas around a very simple premise so like we said earlier the the basic premise of girls last tour is that it's these two girls uh one of them is named chito the other one is yuri and they have a vehicle called the Kettenkrad which is a a real life uh vehicle that was used in World War 2 by the mm. by the by the Nazis it's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like a motorcycle uh like the front wheel of a motorcycle including the steering handle handles but yeah. the back end of the motorcycle instead of just like a normal motorcycle it's like a small tank with yeah. tank treads yeah. and you know it, it's 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 was originally designed to transport troops yeah so this is what the girls use this really sturdy durable vehicle to traverse essentially this gigantic city like we're, we're never really told it exactly feels almost endless <laughs> yeah it's it's like an endless mega city yeah like it's got layers upon layers so they yeah. start from the bottom and throughout the story they're constantly trying to get up to the surface wherever that is and i guess because of the way that the city is is structured or built like there are some points where even when they're down on the lower levels they still you know they can still see the sun or or weather can still be a factor but they're they're still like traveling like it's not just like going straight up but I, i think they're they're going like uh they're, they're traveling the landscape and then going up so there's like a lot of horizontal movement as well as vertical movement in terms of yeah. uh, the ground that they cover and it it's it's just really the two of them the whole time and they don't really have a, uh, a home base because they just rely on yeah uh, going through the city and finding whatever supplies that they come across that they can use any kind of food yeah. that they can find things like and- that
1: yeah, and I'd even add that their ultimate goal is so vague that it it almost I want to say it almost doesn't really matter, you know? Mm-hmm. In the sense mm-hmm. that again, like they they know what their end goal in mind is and the the manga and the anime don't ever really explicitly say or give you gives us the viewer too much details on what their end goal is except to get to the top point the top right that's that's kind of as far as they really get with uh how with describing it but yeah. again it, it's so vague and it's so stripped down in terms of an objective that i think it helps to look at it this way which is that like life and and maybe this is me being um pretentious but um you know like no you're just being philosophical man okay thank you thank you um it's not really about the end goal necessarily it's about the journey right Mm -hmm. so um these stories are meant again to to highlight their experiences not so much the ultimate end goal, and without giving away too much right now, I'd say even the ending of both the manga and the the anime, um, essentially say that or uh, show that, you know. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah.
0: What are some of your uh, overall or general thoughts on Girls' Last Tour, Albert? I mean. I know you like it, but uh, do you have anything beyond that that you'd want to say before we start dissecting the story? It good. <laughs> <laughs> it good. Albert, like. <laughs> <Nice>. Furry. Mm. <laughs> furry? <laughs> it
1: ain't that kind of manga. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of no, I, uh, yeah, I think most of what I'll have to say will probably come out when we do our deeper dive, uh, as we uh, peel away the the various layers of it.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, the art style in the manga is something that really stood out to me because yeah, Mizu's art here is not like your your typical manga. It's not like a lot of yeah, popular manga that that you usually see hit it big. You know, it's not like your. It doesn't really look like your One Pieces or your Yeah Fire Force or. It's pretty or, reductive. Uh, whatever. Yeah, it, it it doesn't fall into that popular shonen kind of style. Yeah, this this artwork is, it it's very uh idiosyncratic in in the way that. Yeah she just draws a lot of lines yeah like her her hatching is is like really scratchy and like it, when you look closely at some of her panels she doesn't even like stay within the the lines you know like yeah like it'll be like a building and then and then like she'll add some shading with some lines but some of those lines you know they're not even like staying within the boundaries of the object yeah. that they're supposed to be shading so it, it gives this really sense of it's a it's a really loose style of drawing
1: that exactly
0: i don't i don't really feel like we see very often in manga like this is the kind of stuff you see in american indie comics exactly
1: um i would say that the one key uh thing about it that still I mean, it's still obviously a manga, but the one key thing about it that as a reader or as a viewer uh, that signifies it as anime or manga is it, it. they do still have the signature big eyes.
0: Yeah, but the two girls, they're, they're probably like young teenage girls and they have like yeah. really round heads and big eyes. And they're no pretty knows. cute little
1: characters. Like... There's no nose on them, or uh, like the nose is almost non-existent, which is yeah. which was the first thing that uh, jumped out at me when I looked at it. So they're they've got these really round heads uh, and these you know the big anime eyes and no nose. Their so heads are like perfectly circle, perfectly circular. Yeah, <laughs> they it's, look funny, man. Yeah, uh, and I think. It, it my initial response to it was, I I don't know if I thought it was like good looking, but it it definitely caught my attention for how different it was from something like Naruto or Dragon Ball or whatever or One Piece, right? Yeah. Um, like those all tend to, they tend to have probably There's a specific style. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, a of specific art. style to it and maybe within the confines of uh typical animal anime style they they find ways to uh show how different they are within those confines. Mm-hmm. But Girls Last Horror felt like it was something well outside of uh what we would traditionally see in out of those animes, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 Like the, one of the things uh, about the artwork in the manga is that like you were saying how, the way how these girls look so cartoony Mm -hmm. with their big eyes, tiny or non-existent noses. Yeah. And, and uh, really circular heads. It, it's an interesting thing to see them placed within this world where the world around them is so rugged you know, yeah. like the world around them, like these two main characters, they're they're cute, funny little characters, man. Like just looking at them kind of makes yeah. you smile or laugh because they just look uh, comical. And and then like the way that um the story goes, a lot of times, you know, when they have funny little arguments or disagreements, it's they get cartoony and it's just playful looking artwork. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's it just the kind of thing that puts a smile on your face. Yeah. But the world that they uh explore is so very real yeah it's it's very real you could tell that there was a lot of thought put into the designs like the buildings are yeah futuristic but they're not so futuristic that you can't really uh imagine them in real life like it everything yeah. looks like it's kind of based in some kind of reality that just, yeah that just doesn't exist at this point in time yet but very yeah. well could at some point in the future yeah. Like even even uh the robots that they encounter uh throughout the city, like they're they're really simple designs but
1: they're, they're boxy.
0: Yeah, they're boxy. Uh I th- I mean, I'm I'm not a robotics expert, but I'm I think that those robots are more advanced than anything that we currently have, but at the same time yeah. they don't look so advanced that uh they don't look like they're impossible to build or
1: anything, you know? Well, I was going to say that uh, I don't know if you saw the news recently, but in New York, they announced, like, maybe just a week ago, that the New York Police Department had this drone of a robotic dog. Have you seen that? Oh, I did not see that. It yeah. actually looks like a dog. No, that's the thing. It doesn't look like a dog. It, it, it's got the body uh, of a dog, so it's got – there's, like, a base, and there are, like, four legs – uh-huh. And the head is just kind of this cylindrical tube. Okay, and like a gigantic it, sensor? Something like that, right? Um uh-huh. maybe maybe something akin to a uh an Amazon Echo or something, you know? Okay. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure what they bought it for or what its purpose was, but it feels like it's meant to just traverse uh, different terrain that uh, other drones that run on wheels or tank treads aren't capable of uh, maneuvering. Interesting. And uh, yeah, it's, it's. but I was going to say that the robot, that drone that the NYPD uh, purchased was, the design of it did remind me of some of the robot designs in the manga or, the, oh, nice. well, well, the anime, you know, yeah. um, just, just that kind of stripped down look to it where it's got the basic shape of like a person, you know, two arms, mm-hmm. two legs, uh, torso and a head, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's, it's not defined so much in a way where it's like full of details you know, yeah, yeah. Like there's no, there aren't eyes or um fingers or like, yeah. It, which it it kind of makes sense where the kind of robots that you would build, uh, unless you were some sort of artisan, would not have as much detail as as that, right? For right. just due to purely practical reasons Mm -hmm. so so yeah um i will i will add this um about about the art for the manga and the anime uh there are certain scenes in the manga where where the where the artist um does some pretty interesting stuff with the style uh so again we mentioned that the world of the that they inhabit is is very much based in reality you know you you see the buildings and you see the decay of everything um and yeah for the most part you know buildings look like buildings but there are certain scenes where you know the the artist gets pretty stylized with with everything Mm -hmm. and there are periods of times where i remember looking at it and i wasn't quite sure what i was looking at but by that point, I was more drawn into the emotional content of what I was reading, so I didn't really take, I didn't really spend too much time on on those scenes, uh, other than you know absorbing and processing the the words that were on the page, mm-hmm. and you know meditating on those. But I will say that the the anime uh, you know, being this, uh, moving picture, it it gave me more of a sense of what I was looking at from at at certain points, you know? Uh, yeah, it it was clarity. Exactly. it, It, it gave me a better idea of what was going on. And to, to piggyback off that thought, uh i will also add that there were the addition of music and the addition of music and um tone for the anime did did do a job of making me feel different things while i was watching the anime mm-hmm. to the point where once i was done with the anime i did want to go back and reread the manga at some point because Mm -hmm. i was i remember thinking about some of the scenes when i was reading the manga and they just felt like they were jokey scenes they just felt like they were hijinks just moments of comedy but then when i was rewatching the scenes again in in the anime um there was a sense of urgency and tension there that i wasn't necessarily feeling when i was reading the manga you know can you uh, recall a specific example of something like that? Uh, so the 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 one scene that jumps out to me at me the most is. Uh, well, I'm gonna give the uh, a mini spoilful alarm right here, but uh, towards the end of the anime, at one point, uh, who's the blonde girl girl again? Yuri, right? Yeah, you. You. They uh, call her you. I mean, yeah, I guess
0: that's just her nickname, You Chan.
1: Yeah, you ends up getting eaten by one of these beings that lives in the uh, in the post-apocalyptic wasteland, right? It's like uh, this uh, thing that looks like a like a, it's cute a giant worm.
0: Worm. <laughs> yeah. But it has uh, limbs and can stand up and
1: open up its head and looks like a mushroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for a brief moment in time in in the manga, um, and I might be remembering this wrong, but I'm pretty sure it it was pretty similar. But when I was reading the manga and the this this giant worm thing takes you away, I, when I was reading it, it was more like, oh, this is just them in the world again encountering some weird thing and hijinks are ensuing right Mm -hmm. but when i watched that scene in the anime like the other girl what was her name she she like she felt panicked you could feel the tension there you could feel her panic for the fact that her friend was gone you know Mm -hmm. and i was watching that scene and i was i was moved by that you know the just her her frantically trying to get her friend back and it made me want to reread that scene in the manga to see if like i had missed those tones or missed those notes when i was reading it you know
0: well i've still got the manga with me and i've i'm looking at that scene right now yeah i had just watched that episode very recently too yeah. so so like my experience of consuming girls last tour was i was i started reading the manga i probably got like halfway through it and then i started watching the anime once I, I got it from you so i was kind of doing both at the same time before i finished either mm. so it it when i was watching the anime it kind of felt like i was uh almost re well i was re-experiencing a lot of the same story that i had just read you know a day or two prior yeah so I was kind of, like, some of the details might have gotten jumbled because I was, like, reading, covering the same story uh, twice in a short span of time. Mm-hmm. But as I'm looking at Volume 4 right now, that scene that you just described, it it's pretty much uh, the same as the anime. Like, all the all the beats are there. It's just that in the anime, it kind of decompresses it you know it yeah in the manga the whole sequence is about like from from you getting swallowed to chi chasing her uh out of the submarine yeah the whole thing's about six pages but in the anime it's probably closer to like five or ten minutes yeah yeah so you just get the sense of a greater uh, buildup in the, in the show for that particular moment. Yeah. But I, I do think that the the comic does have that emotional urgency to it too. Because I remember even when, when I was reading it the first time, I read it before, I read this scene before I watched it. Mm-hmm. Like it it was definitely one of those moments where I could feel cheese fear at losing her friend, like, even even the the her thought balloons in the manga are the same as the or they mirror whatever she was narrating in the show. So it's like the same emotions, but I think the the show just kind of took its time and expanded on it and made it longer. So there's more scenes of she running through the halls and and yeah. you know, things things that only got like one or two panels in in the comic Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean I still I do feel like I want to reread that because I I I do it's been a couple of months since I read the manga and I remember reading that scene and to me even though the the text showed like the tension uh, that you mentioned, like her her panic, like mm-hmm. in my mind, I was reading it as it was a it it was more jokey to me, right? In the sense that, oh, um, my friend got eaten by this giant worm. Now I gotta go grab her, and <laughs> it, it was more it it just felt like it was more not necessarily playful, but uh. I guess lighthearted in in the way that I was reading it, you know. So interesting. So when I so when I ended up watching the anime, I was like, "Oh, this it." The addition of the music and the tone that they had established for it. Yeah, and the it, voice acting. And the voice acting, it it definitely made me second guess what I had read the first time around. I was just like, "Oh, uh, like this was." genuine fear on on her on this character's part you know
0: yeah yeah like now that i'm taking the time to step back and kind of scrutinize and analyze the comic for that comparison Mm. there is one moment i think that does kind of come off a little differently uh, between both versions so do you remember that point when she is running and she stumbles over a step and falls down flat on her face. In the manga or in the anime? In both. So uh. in, in the anime, she falls on her face and then uh, she spends several moments like kind of like trying to gather up the strength to keep on going before, um, you know, she's like thinking about like no, all the I memories do remember of her it. time. I do remember it now. I do remember yeah, all that you're the memories, mentioning it. Yeah. Yeah. And all the memories of her time with you are flashing through her mind. Yeah. Um, And she kind of just gathers herself, even though she's got tears in her, in her eyes, she, she gathers herself and gets the strength to, you know, stand up again and keep on yeah. chasing the worm. Well, in, in the manga, that whole thing, is like two panels, right? Like she falls down and then there's a panel of her. It's like a sliver of a panel too. Yeah. You just see her, her, her eyes. And she's just, uh, you could it's the same thing. Like you can tell that she's, she's trying to gather herself. Uh, but like the very next panel after that, she's climbing up the ladder at that point. Mm. So it's like, Played out in a way where you don't get the flashbacks and, and things like that. You don't have the flashbacks of the s- different scenes from earlier in the series with the voiceovers of all the th- their little conversations. Yeah, yeah. But in, in a way, I think the way that the manga does it, it it, it may not give you the uh, the same feeling as the series, but... I think what hit me in reading the, the the manga is that there's that sense of urgency there. Like it, like the fact that it moves so quickly, you just get this sense that this is something that's really important to her, and she just has to find her friend. Whereas yeah. in, the, in the anime, it's not that there's no urgency there, but it's just the fact that because the the show decompresses the moment, it it uh it it, it it's a different. It's a different uh, angle on the drama because now the angle is on all their memories, you know? Like, it's all the time that they spent together, and that's yeah. what, that's what's on her mind. And yeah. you're, you're presented with it, whereas in, in the manga, you don't necessarily have that unless you make the connection yourself. But what mm. you sh- see on the page is just her falling. You see some tears in her eyes, and then she just gets back up. And it's just like bam, bam bam, yeah so it it is interesting to compare different scenes to see how to see how pacing uh, affects the story and how how we as the reader or the viewer are able to uh, experience it. I think that's 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 always one of the fun things when you have the source material and the the thing that is based on it, you get to make those kind of comparisons and see how you can still appreciate both, but you can appreciate mm. them in different ways.
1: Yeah. 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 For sure, man. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you want to go into more of the differences between the show and the manga, like some of the other elements, cause there were some things. So for the most part, the The manga and the anime felt very much like a direct adaptation of one another mm-hmm. but there was one big moment where and i could be remembering this wrong so you know feel free to correct me but there was one big thing in the anime where watching it i was like oh i don't remember getting this from the manga and uh Well, I guess I'll just go into it then. Um, There's a scene towards the end of the anime where they end up... So, earlier in the series, they they encounter one other person and he gives them a camera. And Mm -hmm. they take this camera with them over the course of their journey and they take various pictures. When they get to... So in the anime, once 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 they get towards the end, they they encounter a nuclear sub essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it, it is a nuclear sub, and it's able to interact with their camera. And in that moment, they're able to access the files. And in viewing the files, not only do they see the pictures of the things that they've been taking care uh, taking pictures of over the course of their journey, but the computer reveals all these other files from well before that period of time, before they even received it. And from the bits and pieces that we get, uh, we we, we get a clearer idea of what their world looked like before it became... Became this post-apocalyptic wasteland, and I don't remember yeah. seeing that in the manga. No, that was
0: that was in the manga.
1: Was it all the yeah. clips of the families and um, what's yeah. called the? Where was that in there? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's in here.
1: Uh so they were talking about uh, what's it called? They were given the stuff. The,
0: out of- the stuff that that was added in the anime was yeah you know there were some clips of of uh videos from the camera where yeah yeah, there were, yeah. like little news reports that that was in the anime that wasn't in the manga yeah but that's what i was if you look at the manga carefully the the scene there there's like a there's a two-page spread when they see all of the photos and the files from the camera Yeah. And because of the way that Tsukumizu drew it, a lot of them are just kinda like sketchy looking in scribbles. You can't it's hard to like make out real details, but if you do try to make out the details, you you can see that there was obviously a war that that took place and you know that I think that's enough to help us understand that warfare caused their situation and the main video with the three girls talking about uh, the the project that they developed, like that's all in there in the manga, the the picture of, of uh, yeah, of other, the different people, like it's all pretty much in there. But uh, again, the anime does that thing where it, it expands on what's already there and, and gives you, I guess in a way it kind of spells things out for you. It kind of makes things easier for the viewer. Like if, if a, a little kid was watching it and they wanted a little bit more exposition, well, that's kind of where they get it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I maybe I didn't look very closely when... Well, I mean, obviously I didn't look that closely when uh, I was reading it, but I do remember watching that scene in the anime and thinking, oh, I don't remember getting all this extra information when I was reading it, you know? So... Yeah, that that did come as a bit of a surprise to me. Yeah, yeah.
0: One one of the other things about the anime was the the art in the anime is a lot slicker than the art in the manga. Like that. Yeah. The anime the the two main characters Chi and Yu they they look just like they do in the manga. So. That that really works. Like, they, they still look funny and, and cartoony and mm. cute. Uh, but the world is a lot more detailed in terms of just looking, like, just finely detailed, I guess. Whereas, yeah. you know, what we were saying about the manga, you know, it's, like, really sketchy and scratchy. And yeah. there's a lot of hash marks. And uh, it's not, like, I would say it's it's detailed, but it's not, like, photorealistic kind of detail. So the, the anime looks more, uh, it looks clean, you know. Uh, it it looks, the details in the show are a lot more straightforward and what you would expect when you watch anime. Yeah. So I guess in a way, I kind of miss the, the charm of the art of the manga because that was so unique. And the anime kind of looked, it still kind of looked like, a lot of other anime. Mm. Um, the there are a couple of scenes that that uh, or I guess the end credits of the anime was something that really looked like the manga. It would have been pretty interesting if they had tried to animate the whole series like that. But I guess I don't know. Maybe it was more work or something. Mm. It, the that that end credit scene looked more like hand-drawn art that was animated in a traditional way i mean i don't know for sure it could it probably still was done on a on a workstation or something but at least the art in the end credits looked like the art in the manga and i think that was just kind of a tribute to the artist Mm. actually speaking of the end credits and the opening credits the the theme
1: music was pretty stinking catchy (laughs) it was it was um if i had to if i had to say um just as a peek into the inner workings of my mind um one of the things that helps me determine you know aside from uh, you know what i read on 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 the animes that i buy uh the synopses one of the things that helps me determine whether I'll end up buying an anime or not is I will go to YouTube and I'll look up their opening and ending credits. And (laughs) if, if I like it, then maybe that's, that's my way of uh, tricking myself into believing it's going to be better than it is, or that, it's going to be as good or as great as I want it to be, you know? Is that so, really what
0: you do to, to convince yourself whether you want to buy it or not?
1: Yeah, man. Interesting. Yeah, I, I will... So I'll look it up and, you know, uh, there there are a lot of times... There are a lot of animes where I'll read the description and I'll be like, okay, I mean, on 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 the surface, it sounds like it could be promising, but... I wouldn't really know unless I actually watch it and I I need something. I need something a little extra to entice me to buy it, something a little extra to convince me. Mm-hmm. And I don't really feel like I get that context from watching like random clips. Cause yeah. again, like out of context, it's just like, Oh, that's just a scene. It's, it's pretty meaningless to me, you know? So, uh-huh. I feel, yeah, I think I tell myself that the opening and the ending credits tend to give me a vibe for what the show is trying to to aim for. And mm-hmm. based on that, I will decide whether <laughs> this is a show that I'm going to want to watch or not. And nice. for the most part, it's worked out for me. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. Well, see that. Uh, uh, there were a couple that were misses, but yeah, for the most was part... Was there something that you saw that had a
0: really great opening theme and a th- great theme song uh, and opening credit
1: scene, but ended up being a mediocre show? Yeah. Uh, there was an anime that I ended up buying called Heaven's Memo Pad, and that had an interesting premise... And the opening and and credits was pretty catchy from what I remember. But the show itself was... Pretty forgettable.
0: Oh, okay. They got you, though. They got you then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But there are other shows where... You know, in retrospect, I'm pretty glad that I got them. Like, um... Mitsubishi Colors. Like that has a pretty great opening uh theme and uh I yeah, in, in in recent memory I find myself thinking about that show quite a bit. Nice man. Yeah.
0: One of these days uh, I might have to check that out from you, Ben.
1: Yeah, man. It's maybe in the top three of the the animes that I've bought.
0: Whoa, nice.
1: Maybe top four. That's yeah. pretty
0: high. You bought a pretty decent amount.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd say so.
0: Were there any particular other scenes or moments in Girls' Last Tour that stood out that you'd want to discuss?
1: Yeah. Um We mentioned earlier that... Uh, a lot of Girls Last Tour is is just slice of life, and each each chapter of the manga, you could technically. I feel like you could read them out of order, and you, you might. Well, okay, except for the last volume, but for the most part, you could read them out of order, and I I don't think it would ruin any story for you or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe some of the stuff with the worm towards the end, but um a lot of their stories just revolve around experiences in this world, and one of the one of the scenes that I remember from the manga that I also remember from uh the anime is there's this scene where the girls are just they're just sitting and they're having downtime, and it starts raining. And you begins to listen as the pitter patter or the rain comes down and then she starts putting out all these pots and pans because she wants to make more sound. And you know, it's it's just this really simple moment of her appreciating music, you know? Mm-hmm. And 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 in the anime it's even more pronounced because you actually hear it and yeah. you end up hearing what the what the final product is so yeah it, it's it's stuff like that that jumps out at me um and that scene in particular was something that um that stuck with me well after i had read it yeah Another, yeah, Go that's ahead.
0: definitely a scene in the anime that I think was even more powerful just because it had the sound. Yeah. Whereas in the in the manga you're just reading it, so you have to use your imagination for the pitter-patter and the rhythmic nature of the sound of rain hitting all these different helmets and pots and things. Yeah. So yeah. when you actually can hear it in the in the TV show, it's it's nice, man. It, it it adds a whole nother dimension to your senses as you take it in. Yeah, and I, sure. I like that scene too because it it gives you, it it one of the recurring themes of the whole show is or the whole the show and the the manga is that even though these girls live in this dilapidated world and there's a good chance that they are among the two last people left alive on the planet yeah they're still able to find things that they can enjoy and appreciate yeah
1: yeah totally it's
0: the kind of show that reminds you hey you you've got access to all sorts of you know modern conveniences you have a home you have all this and that you have a way to buy food at a you know there's grocery stores and restaurants and, and yeah. things like that you know those are simple things that we take for granted and the way that the show is the way that girl girls last tour works is like it, it really reminds you that all the things that we take for granted are things that we should definitely appreciate because not everybody has access to those things
1: yeah yeah like on a similar note, another one of the scenes in the manga that manga that, and and it's not necessarily one particular scene. It's something that I feel like they touch on uh, on several occasions, but they might have only done it a f- a couple of times in the anime. Um, but there's there's definitely a lot. That um, the author of the manga was saying about the written word, about reading, and about its value, Mm -hmm. even at the end of the world, you know? Yeah. Uh, Because, what was the other girl's name? Not you, the other one. Chi? Chi, right? Uh, she, She still has the ability to read in this world, and you... It's, it's lost on her, and yeah. and over the course of the series, she's const, uh, she is constantly writing in her journal, and she's reading her books, and there are even moments where you like, why are we, you know, we're, we're, we're only able to lug so much stuff around with us, and why are we lugging these books? If we're cold, why don't we just set them on fire if they can, you know, give us warmth? Like what mm-hmm. you know, she she fails to see what the value in that is, and um, you know, she she stands up for that, and in standing up for that, it it hits home as as someone who loves books, you know.
0: Mhm. Totally, yeah. man. I felt the same way. It's like, yeah, dude,
1: I get that they're
0: in a survival situation, but it it hurts to see them burn books. Yeah
1: yeah yeah for sure um, yeah it's it's moments like that that really make the show something special um, one of the other things that I was gonna mention was in watching the show in watching the anime and reading the manga one of the one of the things that my mind immediately jumped to was the road by Cormac McCarthy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that was, that was something that started out as a prose novel and became a movie. And I ended up reading the prose novel and watching the movie on that too. But, uh, it's something that I felt was very similar to girls last tour. Uh, in that it was trying to hit, it 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 explored the theme the uh, the same theme, but it definitely did it in a different way. It focused on different things. So the road in the road by Cormac McCarthy. What ends up happening is it's a story where you have a father and son traversing a post-apocalyptic wasteland, and like girls last tour they don't really ever give you a lot of details as to what it is that caused their world to to crumble Mm -hmm. but you get the sense that the world is dying and that uh this father and son are are one of the few inhabitants left in the world um where where I say that uh, the road differs from Girls' Last Tour is that Cormac McCarthy intentionally went out of his way to paint the survivors in their world and the circumstances of their world as just this incredibly ugly and harsh place. Mm-hmm. And his... I want to say that his, um, his, I guess his reasoning behind it was that, like Girls Last Tour, he wanted to highlight the beauty of hope and the beauty of, of life, you know? And yeah. I remember reading this interview with Cormac McCarthy where he essentially said that the The point of the road was that he wanted to show that he that he wanted to show that hope could has the potential to exist even in circumstances where there are no hope, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of a crazy thought, but yeah, like there are scenes in the road where um, there are, they're basically roving bands of cannibals You know, and we we don't see that in Girls Last Tour. Um, Yeah. But, you know, in spite of the fact that you're you're constantly uh, having these scenes where the father and son are avoiding uh, gangs of just murderers and rapists and just just the worst kind of uh, the the worst kind of dregs that you would expect uh, trying to survive in the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Girls Last Tour takes a different uh, approach, which is that even though they're, they're surrounded by this dead world, uh, so much of their stories are just so lighthearted and charming and like happy, you know?
0: Yeah. It's like, You'll have a chapter where they just do their laundry. Yeah. <laughs> they find like a stream of, of clean water and they're able to take a bath and do their laundry. Or yeah. they'll be in some uh, weird industrial area and they discover that one of the pipes carries warm water. So they're able to crack it open and take yeah. a hot bath. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all these uh. little luxuries that. They don't have uh you know daily access to and yeah. it just becomes like this this if not if not a grand adventure, it becomes this really nice thing that they get to experience and appreciate, and as the reader or the viewer, you get to appreciate the same things as they do, except you know it, it like I was saying earlier, it kind of reminds you like. How to appreciate the things that you do have, even if you might feel like your life is—I don't know—a letdown or disappointing yeah. or whatever. There's always something that you can find uh, pleasure, joy in. in. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. Because sure. these two girls, they—they they really have nothing, you know. Like they're—they're yeah. they're in a in an apocalypse, post-apocalyptic wasteland where everything is destroyed. There are no other living almost no other living creatures like they they don't even you don't see birds you don't see wild animals you don't even see insects in the entire thing like it's it's the two of them and then in the course of the story there are two other people that they meet for short time they they uh you know spend a little bit of time with them probably like a couple days or a couple weeks and then yeah you part ways and then near the there's that scene uh midway through where they find the little worm people or I guess the big worm people too. Yeah. So that that's uh but they don't they don't really travel with them. And then there's yeah. another scene where they find like artificial intelligence and another story where they find a a robot um you know so but for the most part they're pretty much the last two people and there's nothing really they can do to they can't fix the world. Like what are they gonna do? They can't they can't do yeah. anything to change things. They can't they can't restart society. Yeah. All they can really do is keep going forward and try to reach the top. But all even, they can do is live. Yeah, all they can do is live. Exactly. Yeah. And even if they they reached their goal of getting to the top, like they they don't even know what's out there. There's no guarantee that they can find uh, you know a comfortable life or you know find a place where they can just stop traveling and grow food or you know do things that are the basic that are basic to their uh, uh, necessities and stuff like they they can't really do the stuff they can't really find anything that there's no promise of them finding anything that will allow them to yeah settle down and just you know, live yeah. comfortably yeah yeah and yet somehow the the charm of it all is that it doesn't really matter like they have they have yeah. each other and they're able to still find the will to keep on living you know yeah. maybe it's because that this kind of life is all that they've known so they they don't really yeah they don't really feel a sense of regret at what they've lost or anything yeah. like that it's just Oh, this is how life is, and you know nobody wants to. They don't want to kill themselves or anything like that. Yeah, they just they're just gonna do what they can to keep on living.
1: Yeah, like I think it's interesting that we get so little backstory. Uh, you know that we mentioned earlier. Uh, that you know when we start the story, it's all it's all in uh, medias res, right? So mm-hmm. the girls are already living this way, and. It's almost like it's almost like we're a blank, sl- you know, because we as the viewers are blank slates. It it allows us to connect to these girls, just entering this world with nothing, right? So yeah. So in the way that we view them, um, just existing in this in in this almost like vacuum of Information regarding, like, because again, they don't have anything to compare it to. Mm -hmm. It gives us the range to really just focus on appreciating those things in their lives. You know. Yeah. It it that totally makes sense. Um, yeah. The the one thing, the other thing that I wanted to mention that that was a. a similar similarity to the road was um, back to that uh, interview that I read with Cormac McCarthy. Uh, actually, that, it it might not have been Cormac McCarthy. It might have been the director of the film of the road. Um, but one of the things that he was talking about when he was making the movie, uh, and I forget the director's name, was that uh, he. Oh, no, no, it was Cormac McCarthy. Cormac mm-hmm. McCarthy was saying that one of the things that he wanted to drive home when he was writing his prose novel was that he constantly wanted to remind readers of how hungry these two characters were. Like, mm-hmm. just how much food made up, like, how important it was to them on in their daily lives and how much of it made up... uh just took up so like so much, how much headspace thinking about food took up for these two characters. And we definitely see that in the anime and the manga as well. Uh, they're just constant. Like, I, I, I don't know what the total amount of minutes is in the, in the anime. Uh, but you know, it's, it's a good chunk of the series is about them, looking for food or just stumbling upon food you know
0: yeah one of the things that uh stood out to me was how they have this uh every so often they have these conversations that for us as the reader or the viewer they're actually kind of like existential philosophy you know like it's kind of philosophical kind of conversations totally where they're talking about. I remember this one conversation in particular, where the girls were talking about time. I think they're riding a train or something, um, like one of those automated trains. Because again, this the this massive city that they're in. It, it's like so gigantic, and even though it's run down, there are still some automated things that are still working, even though things are still breaking down and looking dilapidated. But there's this gigantic industrial train that they jump on and or they get on and they're able to travel quite some distance in that train and you start talking about all the time that has passed and I forget exactly what the dialogue how what lines of dialogue they say but uh one of them I think it was Chi at the end of it she says that the way oh I, I think I remember it now so like they they see a clock and it's this old broken clock, you know, just like a normal dial clock that we have today, an analog clock. And it's not working anymore. And you start talking about how people in the past used to use these clocks to tell time.
1: Set their life. Yeah. They, they yeah. set
0: their lives according to these clocks. And that's how they, you know, decided where they could do. go and what they could do. Yeah. And then... They did a little bit more musing. Uh, The girls mused a little bit more about the topic. And I think at the end, she said something like, the way we measure time is by how much food we have left. Yeah. And that was... It's one of those things when I heard it, it it kind of made me feel like, wow, that was surprisingly profound for just this little conversation that they had, you know? Because in a way... I mean, for for them, that's definitely the case. But in a way, if you think about it, that's kind of the case for us too. Yeah, yeah. it's just not as urgent because we have yeah. easy access. We to have food. abundance. Yeah, right? right. But we have stores that we can just buy food whenever we want.
1: Yeah, but even that, like realistically, is a false sense of security because mm-hmm. at any moment, um, uh, you know, our food stores could totally be devastated
0: yeah you know something could happen there could be some yeah. kind of uh i don't know global pandemic or something that could <laughs> affect our access to yeah. the things we take for granted yeah and at that point yeah it it'll be the case for us that food will be how we keep track of time
1: <laughs> yeah 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 those those little conversations about food like yeah, it, it's it's undoubtedly such a big part of life and it makes sense that so much of their existence revolved around it, right? Mhm. And Yeah, um Yeah, I I don't know. Did did you want to go over like the fact that the end of the Anime and the end of the manga manga are different. Like what what those differences are, and uh, so you how wanna, they affect
0: it. You want to dive into th- some spoiler
1: territory? I believe this is where we enter spoilful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, if if we enter the spoilful territory now, will people still be able to jump in? to the rest of what we have to say if we uh have We can hold else. off.
1: I mean, if you have more to say on some of the things I'm 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 happy to continue to muse on those other details. Um I I just wasn't sure where we were on on that at the moment. No, we can
0: talk about the the ending. But might as well. I figure uh, people people who really want to check out the book will check it out. Or watch the show. We'll check it out. So, yeah, let's just talk about whatever we want, man. We we do what we do, and uh, we, we'll just face the consequences.
1: <laughs> you think that's okay. funny, Albert? Yeah. Batten down the hatches. <laughs> <laughs> Let whatever happens, happens. <laughs> all right. All right. So the very end of
0: the manga okay we are t- we're we're going to talk about the ending of the manga the very end of the manga has the girls finally reach the top layer of the city they're they're finally at the top there's there's nowhere higher that they can go but the cost of that journey is everything like in one of the last Near the one of the later one of the chapters near the very end, the the Keten crowd breaks down, so they lose their vehicle. Yeah, they no longer have this mode of transportation that can also carry a ton of their stuff. Yeah, so they have to pack whatever it is that they can fit on their bodies in backpacks and whatnot, and then continue on on foot. So they're just journeying and running low on supplies to the point where she has to start burning her books in order yeah. to, so they can have a fire when, you know, cause it gets cold at night and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and, and those books are important to her, but for the sake of survival, she's willing to do it. And yeah, it gets to the point where they use up all her books and she has to use the pages of her personal journals which is mm. even you know more heartbreaking for her but for the sake of survival again they do what they have to do yeah and by the time they get up to the very top they,
1: they have don't really have left. any
0: more food or water left <laughs> yeah like they just like they get to the top they eat their last meal or whatever the final rations that they had were um, and just go to sleep and before they go to sleep they just tell themselves well we made it to the top we don't know what we're going to do now but yeah. we'll figure it out tomorrow you know it's going to be another day let's let's just rest here and just figure it out tomorrow and that's pretty much how it ends and then yeah. and then the camera kind of zooms out you know like we see them on top of this i don't know like a platform or something yeah and then we just zoom out of the world and you know that's, that's it. Yeah. It's a pretty kind of a bittersweet ending for me just because on one hand you get the sense, well, you you get to see the girls finally reach the top, which is where they've been trying to go this whole time. Yeah. And you also get the comfort of knowing that they're both together and they have each other. You know the the friendship and camaraderie in the story is it's a very strong theme. Like you you really not only care for each of these each of the characters, but you you really enjoy their relationship with each other. You you enjoy and appreciate their friendship and the fact that they have each other. Yeah, yeah. And they get to be together uh, at the end of the story, but. We don't really see anything about what happens to them after, you know. Like there isn't any yeah. sense that, oh, they've they've stumbled upon this hidden utopia, you know. Yeah. <laughs> there's like, a, like a, a bunch of people living here, and they can just live with these people, and you
1: know, yeah. Have enter society and they're gonna have food, and they'll be taken care of. No, not at all. The not at all. The natural con. Look, like the natural conclusion of uh of their journey if things continue on their courses well it's realistically speaking it's ultimately death if you really stopped and thought about it
0: yeah yeah because like the way that the story the way the manga ends like there's nothing out there for them like it's just it's just a gigantic vast ruin so like you said man realistically they're they're gonna run out of water um there isn't really much they can do.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I get that symbolically, or no, well, not symbolically, but maybe philosoph- philosophically, that the point would be that the point of the whole story isn't necessarily that they reached this uh this peak at the end of it as much as it is look at all these experiences that they've uh experienced on their way to this point right and and we as the readers can exit this story knowing that they've lived a good life with each other with Mm -hmm. yeah with each other but It, yeah, it's it's the sort of thing where like if you pull on that thread a little too much, it it, it can be a little heartbreaking, you know? Yeah, totally. You know, like totally. I when I think about it, it uh, that isn't to say that I I don't embrace the the uh, the reality of their situation, but um, maybe I try to focus more on on the more positive aspects of it of of, of that entire of, of mm-hmm. the entire manga but uh, but the reality of it always does creep back in towards the end yeah, yeah. yeah. but I, I think uh,
0: it's a pretty powerful ending man it, it's, it's contemplative for sure like it, yeah. it ends on a series of double page spreads and each of those spreads is just the World that they inhabit, yeah, it, it gives you the sense of how small two people really are, yeah, in yeah. this city, and it, it, it reminds us how small we are on this planet, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, now that you mentioned it, how the way that it's drawn, where it's the panels are just zooming out and all you see is more of the city like even that is pretty bleak in and of itself right if you really mm-hmm. stop and think about it cuz again like maybe the two girls don't end up stumbling upon some hidden utopia or whatever but even as you pull out there could be signs of life that yeah. as as the reader could give you some hope that hey there there's something out there but the fact that with each panel every time you pull out all you see is more city that just cements the fact that yeah that might just be it you know <laughs> exactly and then even if we uh,
0: look back to volume 4 the end of that one when they meet the the worm mushroom people that that consume yeah. energy like they they eat missiles and bombs and 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 gun uh, bullets and stuff. To that's like their their purpose. Yeah. Like they have I guess they have uh specials like they have their senses are expanded. I guess it's hinted that they communicate through radio waves or something like that, and because of that, they're able to sense uh the different layers of strata in the entire city. Oh. And these beings tell the two girls that as far as they know, these the two girls are the last two human beings alive. Yeah. And keep in mind earlier in the story, they encountered two other people. So that means that those two people are probably dead. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why that
1: made laugh. <laughs> <laughs> why did you laugh? Uh, the absurdity of you talking about how you don't know why that made you laugh. <laughs> that tickled me. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, um... Yeah, the anime ending is... Well, we did mention that the anime ends before the manga was completed. Was that was that what you said, Drew?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but... The anime ending is a little bit more upbeat um, it so it ends where what chapter f- or volume four ends right where yeah. w- with them encountering the worms and we we mentioned earlier how one of the worms kidnaps you and she goes after her and it ends with the two girls being reunited and this little pet worm that they befriended earlier in the story ends up joining with the the other larger worm creatures rejoining its clan and and that scene that you mentioned is still in there where the worms basically tell the two girls these these two girls are basically the last living things on this planet
0: Mhm,
1: but yeah, but the last the last scene of the the episode from what I remember was the girls pack up the the vehicle that they're on, and you know they get ready to move on to, with their journey, and she is talking, and I think you hear her in internal monologue, but she basically says whatever happens out there, as long as we have each other, like that's, what's important to me. Right. Yeah. 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 And
0: not only that, but they, you flat out tells her that out loud, like the, like the whole episode ends on this note where they basically really reaffirm their care for one another. And like how, as long as they're together, yeah, it yeah, doesn't I, really matter. Like they're not gonna feel lonely because they have each other, yeah. and that that's a scene that is not in the manga.
1: Yeah. So yeah. It,
0: the the way the anime ends is on that note, where the, the friendship is just, you know, it, it's like brought even more to the forefront. Whereas you know, throughout the series, it, it's kind of unspoken. You 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 see them care for each other, but they never really have to vocalize it. Mm, they never have to mm. tell each other, you know, I'm I'm. I I love you basically but Yeah. But um the end of the anime definitely does end on that note where they're together and as long as they have each other they can face any circumstance and they're just going to move forward together and that's all they got to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the anime ending does I guess it's still if you really take it apart, it still implies that they're the last two living things on the planet. Mm -hmm. But with the anime, they still have their food and they still have their journey. Yeah. It doesn't end on this note where the focus is that we have nothing but each other. Like, it ends on a note where it's it's like, whatever comes, we have each other, right? It, it exactly. Focus, exactly. It focuses more on that. Whereas, like you said, with, with the manga, the way that it ends is they've, in order to continue their journey, they had to get rid of everything. They The, the stuff that they couldn't take with them, they left behind. And yeah. it just ends with them just laying there. They're, they don't even have blankets or anything, from what I remember. They were just in their like they just winter clothes with each other yeah yeah and they just laid there and there wasn't any shelter or anything and and it just zooms out
0: yeah yes, yeah. uh yeah it, it it's kind of harsh
1: yeah most certainly most definitely
0: it's it's certain circumstances where if that was you and me man i don't know if i could huddle with you like that uh Or do you you think we would do whatever it takes
1: to survive? Let us hope. Let us hope that it never falls to that. But I will say, man. (laughs) I thought they smelled bad on the outside.
0: (laughs) Dang, man. You would cut me open and use me as a tauntaun?
1: (laughs) If we're friends, I would expect that you would do that willingly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I will say that if we were in that situation and I died before you, I would I wouldn't really care if you did that to my body, man. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if I was still alive and you wanted to
1: cut me open, <laughs> I probably wouldn't let you. I'd probably just be like, "Come on, man, come on, just do me this solid." <laughs> I thought we were friends. Let me crawl up in your belly. <laughs> Let me crawl up in your belly. It's cold out here. Oh boy. Uh You know yeah. there
0: was one one other uh, conversation that I thought was uh, pretty notable and I actually uh took it down in my notes. Yeah. But there was a scene it it wasn't from the ending um but it was just during one of their adventures, they were, I forget which volume it was, but they were in their vehicle going up this tower, and the tower, for, for whatever reason, it was a, a long, long spiral upwards. Do you remember that scene?
1: I do remember that scene. So they were taking the, the what's the vehicle called again? The Kettenkrad? The Kettenkrad and they were, in the anime, from what I remember, they were, like, riding around in it, but it was, like, a crazy, fragile stairwell or whatever you call it, right? Yeah, yeah. And at one point, they, like, just charged forward, even though it's clear that the thing's, like, falling apart.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they basically, like, went up, the spiral tower as far as they could, and then they had to go up those ramps that fell apart on them. Yeah. But after after they uh, get past that area, they uh, kind of reflect on, on uh, I guess, life in general. And they're just driving along at this point where it's flat, so they're able to talk to each other calmly and whatnot. And, and uh, I forget which one... I think it's chi. I think she's she was saying we sleep, wake up, eat, and move, then sleep again. When you think about it, our lives go around and around too. That means life is just a spiral. Where will yeah. we where will we end up when we reach the end of the spiral? Like that, that's that little snippet of a conversation is just one of those philosophical bits, man, that it's like you read that scene and it kind of makes you want to like reread it
1: right there and then. I was going to say it's a little haunting. <laughs> it is, man. There
0: there's <laughs> something there's something poetic about that, you know, it Yeah. It definitely It's not like these are ideas that are groundbreaking necessarily, but I think mm-hmm. just seeing them presented in a story like this when you're not really expecting those yeah. kind of existential <laughs> questions being posed it it's kind of interesting man it it, yeah it makes it entertaining but it gives you it makes it more artistic too you know
1: yeah it's like it's definitely not the walking dead variety of post-apocalyptic stories or or mad max or anything like that yeah um one of the things that it did remind me that that your your uh, comment did make me think of was it it made me think of uh, that play uh, waiting for Godot. Oh yeah, yeah, and I think I've mentioned this before, where it, it's one of these plays that's a little abstract and uh I guess pretty philosophical. Um I've tried to read it in the past and it's 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 a little nonsensical in, in, in the things that are going on. But I do I do remember taking this class where they were discussing that Waiting for Godot might could be interpreted as a post apocalyptic story. In the sense that it's really about these two characters, the only two characters in their world,
0: mm-hmm.
1: at the end of uh you know at the end after their apocalypse, and it's interesting if you if you view that play through that lens because it's it's these characters who who no longer have any purpose. Because in the post-apocalypse, what's happened is whatever purpose you had been waiting for has already occurred. And now yeah. that you're in this new world where the end has happened, yet you still live on, what what is your purpose? What And, and the two characters in that play are kind of obsessed with waiting for this... This imaginary character Godot. Every day yeah. they come to the same spot and they wait for Godot to show up. And the play ends with Godot never showing up. And they go back home, only to come back the next day and do it all over again. You know, it's this constant waiting game for um for for the end, even though the end has already come, which is kind of crazy when you think about that, right? <laughs> And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and I appreciate that sort of uh, philosophical aspect to uh, to the post-apocalyptic genre, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so so yeah. Girl's Last Tour definitely uh, is right up that alley in, in that sense, you know. Totally, man. Now. Would you, if you had to choose,
0: would you, do you prefer either the manga and the anime over the other? Or, like, if you were, yeah, I guess in terms of your personal preference, if you have one, or if you were recommending someone to check it out, would you want them to start with the anime or with the manga? Um,
1: I think so. What I'd say is I think they're a package deal. I think they're they there's something that if you're going to experience it I would recommend that you experience them together cuz I do think that the subtle differences in both of the both of the material uh enhances the other or mm-hmm. it it enhances the overall um It enhances the overall Girls' Last Tour as a concept overall, right? Um, Right, right. But I would say that as a personal preference, I think I I would recommend that people start with the manga first. um, If only because that was the thing that came out first and... um, I guess I'm a stickler for that sort of thing, where because that was what was created first, uh, as far as I can tell, that's, that's the original vision before they decided to alter it in the second iteration, which was the anime, essentially, right? Right. So I do feel that it's best to expose yourself to what is initially... Or yeah, what 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 what's the what what is what could be considered the original vision before you take on any of the supplementary stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. What about you, Drew? I think I'm the same. I, I generally prefer the source material. Especially if I'm Well I guess Well, I don't know if I would say it's that way all the time in terms of what I would recommend to people. But I think for my personal preference, I almost always would choose the source material. Yeah. Like the the adaptation would have to be something really special in order for me to pick that over the source material. Mm. It's kind of like... When you have a good when you know a good song and then somebody else does a cover of that song, like it's still a good song, but you'd probably still rather just listen to the original version yeah unless unless the person that does the cover does something so amazing that it it actually blows the original out of the water, you know but that yeah. that's pretty rare that's like that's like Johnny Cash covering nine inch nails, you know it's like yeah, yeah, that, you don't really see that kind of thing happen too often,
1: yeah, for sure. And In fact, that's probably the only uh, yeah, the only of that. cover that's better than the original. Yeah, most of the time yeah. it's Kanye. <laughs> 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 most of the time, what you what you end up with is Kanye West.
0: <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll just layer an extra drum track over the over the <laughs> song and call it
1: call it a day. <laughs> well, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man,
0: but yeah, I. I agree with you in in the fact that both of them complement the concept of Girls' Last Tour very well. Uh, I think what one thing I would say, though, is if you're going to consume both, I'd say read the manga first and maybe wait a little while before you watch the anime. Because I think the way that I did it, where I was reading it and watching it at the same time, it, it kind of just made all the storylines... Jumbled together. Yeah. Like I still remember a lot of the the big events that happened, but the order of a lot of the smaller events, it it's kind of like just a mess in my mind since I've basically watched it all or consumed it all twice in a short span of time. Yeah. So I'd say maybe like finish finish the manga entirely first and then start the anime maybe like a week or two later. Yeah. If not longer. That way you'll really be able to catch all the the nuances.
1: Yeah. The interesting thing is that... It feels like such a... The anime feels like such a direct adaptation of the manga. Like, they're... They're very, like, close. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, the anime stayed very true to the source material. But the thing is and I could see how it would be confusing if you were consuming them both at the same time or simultaneously. So what ends up happening is when there are subtle changes between the two, if you're consuming them at the same time, I could definitely see how you could lose track of which, which difference came from which source yeah, material,
0: you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah it it, it made it harder to keep track of the distinctions just because i wasn't i wasn't taking notes or anything even though i knew we were going to do this podcast i wasn't taking notes (laughs) yeah but um it's i think if somebody just started with the anime and enjoyed it it would still i would still recommend they they read the manga the it's it's worth reading in and of itself yeah but i i I think I, i do think that uh Anime, watching anime is probably more popular than reading manga, so I'm guessing people are more likely to watch the anime. But I, I would I'll just say that if they like the anime, they should read the manga because it it goes a little farther. Uh, yeah, literally speaking.
1: Well, I guess what I'd say uh, <laughs> the other additional caveat I'd make is if you're the kind of person that uh needs a happy ending then i'd probably <laughs> say end with the anime you know <laughs> start with the manga finish with the anime <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: man that, that's fair that's fair yeah
1: um yeah this i i will say that this um this manga this anime came as a pretty pleasant surprise I I was exposed to the anime um pretty much in a vacuum. I didn't have any any knowledge of the author. I had never heard of the manga or the anime prior to to purchasing the anime. Um so it's definitely it was definitely a gamble in in picking it up and now that I've had you, the chance, you came out to, on top, man. Yeah, exactly. Now that I've had the chance to consume it and and had this, now that I've had the chance to have this conversation with you, I, it is something where I do feel like I might, I'll probably be, in, I'll probably end up mulling over some of the some of the ideas that we've discussed here today. You know? Totally, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's great man you you gambled you came out on top you won yeah you're man. on out you're, you're playing with house money albert you can't lose <laughs> you can't go wrong
1: yeah that's a great feeling to have man because uh I, I won't say that when i take gamble on anime that it always ends up bad or it always ends up good but you know, uh, this is really high caliber, high quality stuff. Uh, certainly better than your average uh, anime, I think. Yeah. K- Here's a question, Drew. Did did you know anything about this anime or this manga prior to 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 watching and reading it?
0: All I really knew was the title because it it's got a pretty memorable title. Yeah and I, need, I i remember seeing the anime on sale at, during those summer sales on sentai filmworks yeah. yeah so the the cover art uh just because it was the two funny looking girls in a tank or i guess at the time i thought it was a tank so i, I did, it just made it kind of stand out but i i didn't really know anything about it i think yeah. I, I probably looked up some something on it online and I learned, okay, it's it's uh, about these two girls in a post-apocalyptic world, but it it sounds like it's not really a grim, dark kind of story, but more of a slice-of-life story. However, that is supposed to work in post-apocalyptic fiction. Yeah. And it turns out it works pretty dang well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do regret that we weren't able to bring it up when we did our post-apocalyptic recommendations um yeah i mean that isn't to say that i'm i don't stand behind my the 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 comic that i did recommend i i absolutely still do but this was definitely worth mentioning Mm -hmm. uh you know in the same breath as other comics that i would recommend for uh post-apocalyptic recommendations you know yeah
0: absolutely back in episode 32 if anyone wants to go back in time (laughs) 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 and hear what zach and shana's have to say too yep so before we get out of here man let me ask you if you have any other recommendations for people who might have enjoyed girls last tour or are looking for something kind of similar along those lines
1: yeah um so i'm I mentioned earlier that uh The Road by Cormac McCarthy and that is something that I would mention. It's not a comic, but you know, uh I, I do think it covers similar ground as Girls Last Tour, uh the the prose novel. Heck, I'd I'd recommend the movie. Vigo Mortensen's in it, so you know. Mm-hmm. Um The other thing that I would recommend is there is another anime and I want to say there's a manga on that one too, but uh I'd have to double check about the manga, but there's a series called Kino's Journey which yeah, there's a manga. Okay, okay. Which is similar to Girl's Last Tour in that it's Well, okay, here. I'll I'll just give you the 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 brief description of it. Um Kino's Journey is about a young girl who who has a a talking motorcycle and I know that sounds sort of zany or like it it's it sounds like it could be kind of goofy or playful but they play it pretty serious, you know? And what what she does with this motorcycle is she just travels from town to town and experiences life in these towns Uh, you know the each of these places that she goes to has a different perspective on life or a different philosophy and via comparison that's that's the commentary that we're supposed to that that you gain from from her experience you know Mm -hmm. um so her world isn't necessarily a post-apocalyptic one. Like I don't, I don't think there is any indicator that that world is is a fallen world. But yeah. I do think it's similar to Girls Last Tour in that she, it, it, it's about her. It's about journeying to these different places and having these different experiences and pontificating on what those experiences mean to you and what they mean about living life, you know? Yeah. Uh but I will say that the other difference between Girls Last Tour and Kino's Journey is that Kino as a character the the tone of of those of those stories are pretty different from uh Girls Last Tour Girls Last Tour is definitely has more humor and it's more charming and optimistic whereas Kino's journey it, it does focus on the fact that there's a lot of beauty in the world in fact one of the uh the slogans uh, for the for the anime is I don't remember what it was exactly, but I want to say that the slogan was was something to the effect of the world is not beautiful and therefore it is. And, oh okay. Yeah, and and the basic I yeah and the basic idea of that is uh, Kino as a character is just. A far more serious character than any of the girls and girls last tour mm-hmm. and she's i'd even go so far as to say she's a stone cold killer which okay it needs to be and <laughs> but it, it's similar to the road in the sense that she goes to these places and she deals with potentially dangerous situations but but even in the ugliness of it, she finds that there are things that are beautiful about the world, and uh, yeah, and and I I do think that that's that kernel uh, is 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 the connective tissue between uh, that and something like Girls Last Tour, so mm-hmm. that I I would recommend that. What about you, nice, Drew?
0: Man. Nice. Those are those sound like good recommendations. I haven't, I still haven't read The Road, and I haven't watched Kino's Journey, but I remember uh, looking up the opening credits to Kino's Journey, and that looked pretty good, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> pretty a good catchy show. theme
0: song. Um, well, I'm i thinking recently. of the original. Yeah, I know they made a remake. I haven't seen the remake.
1: Yeah, I I would probably recommend the original, if only because it's the original, but. Uh, I have not seen the remake yet either. So, Drew, what about you? Do you have any recommendations? Yeah.
0: In terms of anime, I was thinking about other post-apocalyptic kind of anime. And uh, the one that came to the forefront of my mind is this show called Gargantia on the Verderous Planet. This was an anime from 2013. It's another kind of short one, It's I think 12 or 13 episodes long. It's not really similar to Girls' Last Tour in the sense that this anime has a lot more characters, even though they're in a post-apocalyptic world. The hook for this show is that it's about this teenager, it's a science fiction plot where in the far future, the humans are at war with these alien squid-like things, and They have, uh, you know, they've got Mecha. So it's about this teenage Mecha pilot who, during a battle, he falls through this wormhole. And he, he misses out on the rest of the battle and ends up on the planet Earth. But the planet Earth has, at this point in time, become a myth to the main character. Because, like, all the people that are fighting out in space, they don't remember their homeland. They don't remember the planet that they came from. They just know that they've been at war. But when this boy ends up back on Earth, he uh, uses his mecha, which has an onboard AI, and it tells him that according to all the data, he's on Earth. But for some reason, the whole planet is covered in water, and all the surviving humans basically live in either these gigantic boats so like or ships so they're they're basically banding together in these fleets uh kind of like the massive <laughs> if you've ever read the massive they either um, live in in like these big ships or these gigantic uh platforms i guess you know things that look like they might have been mining or oil platforms back in the past right right so that's how that's just how society is and it's about this uh, soldier teenage pilot who has this advanced mecca landing in this society that, that's you know they're they've kind of regressed because all they have is old technology and they just scavenge whatever is underwater which is like the entire history of human society um they look for things to survive and it, it becomes this kind of fish out of water slice of life kind of story where This kid, Pilot, he's trying to integrate himself into his new situation because there's no way he can get back to his comrades. So he just tries to make the best of it. Um, And even though he's got this powerful, advanced mecca, he ends up uh, just living with this group that takes him in. And it's about him finding uh, a place in society, uh, a place in, in the world, and making friends and you know things of that nature it it works as slice of life because there's there's episodes where it's about the guy trying to find a job because there's not really he, he doesn't really have any anything to do you know everybody's got to contribute to society so there's an episode about him finding a job and you know there's another episode about him uh helping people on the ship scavenge underwater to see if there's anything they can find and there, the there is an overall story uh, that plays throughout the course of the series, and it, it's it's actually a pretty good twist. Uh, I won't really, don't really need to s- spoil anything about that. But it's if you're interested in a show that deals with post-apocalyptic society and has has Mecca, this is a pretty good one. I, I liked it a lot. I watched it pretty early during the pandemic and it it was a, a satisfying show man
1: okay nice i'll uh, have to check that out from you yeah uh, totally, it's part of our uh, hostage exchange program <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. do you have any other recommendations
0: there's a another slice of life show that i really liked i watched it I guess I watched it before the pandemic started, but it's a show called Flying Witch, an anime called Flying Witch. Okay. That was a really good slice of life show. And it's not post-apocalyptic at all, but the thing that I feel like it has in common with Girls Last Tour is that it's another show where watching it, it, it helps you remember to appreciate the life that you have. So it's kind of like, you know, people watch shows and and engage their minds in fiction because sometimes they're looking for escapism and that's that's totally you know normal when you're just entertaining your mind but there's also entertainment that kind of uh i guess in a way it it says something about real life too you know like it 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 tries to point at things to affect you and I think Flying Witch. The premise of that is is that it's a very simple story about this teenage girl, very uh, you know good natured girl who happens to be a witch. And in, in their world, it's it's not a witch. Being a witch isn't anything sinister. It just means you can fly around on a broomstick and you know uh, magic that you can use that isn't really. It's not really nefarious or anything. It's just you know. Charming and and wholesome for the most part, um, yeah. And she she moves from her hometown to this little suburb where she it, it's a lot smaller than she's accustomed to, and she stays with her cousins and uh, they just kind of live their days and and uh, you know appreciate the small things in life. Uh, so it's not post apocalyptic by any means, but it. I do like the fact that each episode, it, it's not morally based or, you know, it doesn't end with, you know, Sailor Moon says do this and do that. But it, it's it's more about just seeing, you know, next time I go to the grocery store and it takes me like an extra five minutes to find what I'm looking for, there's something that I can appreciate about the experience of it nonetheless you know like i'm not it's not something to get frustrated over or to get mad about i'm not gonna throw a fit about something like that you know It, it's that kind of thing where it just helps you enjoy and appreciate the little things that you normally take for granted and there's mm. a good amount of comedy in it too
1: okay yeah i i remember you mentioning uh flying witch to me yeah you were pretty pretty high on that the first time you watched it
0: Yeah man I dig it man uh, I'll I'll let you borrow that one too man All right any uh final thoughts Albert
1: No no I'm I'm pretty satisfied with this I'm I'm glad that we got a chance to do it you know hopefully we might have more opportunities to do more anime uh I know that that was something we were both pretty high on after watching a couple of those YouTube videos so it'll be cool to do a few more of these so, to those of you out there who are curious, please do uh check out girls' last tour and uh if you do, let us know what you think uh you know let us know your thoughts feel free to d m us on instagram uh at between the gutters uh or you can message us uh on at our email between the gutters podcast at gmail dot com yeah i'd also say. Follow us on Instagram if you can. We're we're at two two hundred ninety three subscribers or followers, and uh, you know help us get over that three hundred mark. You know. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, additionally, we also have a YouTube channel now too. Uh, I haven't been quite as diligent putting stuff up on that, but we're we're trying to put more of our episodes up on the YouTube channel. So subscribe and follow us there too. And we will put up episodes there as well. Smash that like button, guys! Smashy, smashy! Likey, likey! I don't. Who, 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 who thought this was a good idea? I don't know, man. <laughs> when did people become this?
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's not in my nature to be a huckster.
1: Yeah, I I don't want to be a whore. All
0: right. So next week, if you guys want a sneak preview, we are going to cover the modern classic American Born Chinese by Gene Luen Yang. In honor of Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, since Albert and I are both Asian Americans, we will do something to recognize that fact. And it gives us an excuse (laughs) to talk about the comic that we both really like.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a necessary time for it. It's an important time for it. And uh, let us, you know, let us educate you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. This
0: is Between the Gutters, signing off. Peace out. Bye, guys. Albert, yo, you want to hear a funny story?
1: Uh, I mean, normally with almost any other person, I would say yes, but whenever it's you, I'm 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 always apprehensive about what's gonna happen if I say <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, but if, I'll wait. What
0: if, if I tell you I... it's not a funny story, but it's only. It's merely an amusing story.
1: Uh, I'm not really too high on stories. I'm more of an anecdote, man. <laughs> All right.
0: Would you like to hear a somewhat amusing anecdote that only you might possibly find funny? Let's hear
1: it. What you got?
0: All right. So earlier today, man, I was taking the bus home, and I was reading the comic on the bus i was reading i was reading delicates by brenna thumler the new book uh the sequel to sheets from oni press so i was sitting there reading it and then one or two stops uh or a couple stops after after uh, i start reading this dude gets on the bus and he was kind of like bizarrely dressed like he was wearing I think it was like a cowboy hat and his, his mask that he was wearing. It was it looked kind of like a gas mask, but it had spikes coming out of it. So it, it looked like it was some kind of punk thing, you know? Okay. And he was also carrying uh, a gigantic amplifier, like a big speaker, you know?
1: Okay. This is... Yeah. This so he, is interesting.
0: <laughs> he got on the bus. He sat down... Uh, like two seats next to me not directly next to me since you know we were still practicing distancing to whatever degree we could on the bus but he sat down and he saw that I was reading this comic and he asked me hey what are you reading and I told him what it was I showed it to him and somehow we started talking about comics apparently this dude is into comics okay okay yeah I I was super not expecting that man like I saw him get on the bus and, and in my mind I was like, oh man, this guy he's he's dressed in a he he looks different, man, you know? Like he's not he's not like dressed like anybody else on this bus. <laughs> <laughs> and I
1: him, mean, was it was there anything indica- indicating that he might be into cosplay? Possibly. Cause...
0: Like it maybe I didn't describe the mask well enough, but it, it looked like co- it looked kind of like a gas mask if it if the gas mask didn't have the goggles part of it but it also had spikes on it so maybe if you kind of imagine what Tom Hardy's mask was like in the Batman movie when he played Bane uh-huh maybe something like that but only only the mouth part okay yeah so it, it the, I think just the fact that it had spikes that that threw me off man it it was weird it sounds elaborate <laughs> it was pretty elaborate. Like I, n- I, never seen anyone wear anything like that before, and and he t- told me that he was interested in comics. So we started just to be polite. I, I started chatting with him. I was like, oh, okay, cool, man. You're you're into comics. Like, um, what what do you what do you like or what do you read? And he started saying, oh, I'm really into like science fiction and, and fantasy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm trying to make my own graphic novel. I've been working on it for a really long time. Um, but you know I've, I've only been able to like I, I get so caught up in, in drawing and, and coming up with designs and ideas that like actually putting the pages together like that's taken me a really long time, and we just started talking a little bit, a bit about that, and uh you know me, man, like I'm the kind of person like I try to i guess I guess I just engage people if they're being polite, you know, so I'll talk to them too, and you know, I expressed like a little bit of interest. So he actually pulled out his uh, sketchbook, and mm. it had all the sketches and designs of the different characters. Okay. And I was, okay. Yeah, I, I flipped through it. You know, it it looked it was a uh, definitely science fiction angle. Like he was he drew a lot of guys in armor and and some aliens and dinosaurs, things like that. But the the main influence that I detected in his work was Rob Liefeld. <sighs> okay like it like his his dudes man <laughs> they were like crazy muscular like all those guys had a lot of padding and and like it i wasn't expecting it man but but that's what they looked like to me it, it looked like your 90s image kind of stuff and you yeah. started talking uh a little bit more because i was i was like i didn't want to like point out hey are you uh is rob liefeld one of your <laughs> art heroes i didn't want to say anything like that yeah but but, uh i I think i did ask him at one point what what kind of comics are you into and he was like yeah i'm I'm not so much into like the indie stuff like what what you've got right now but i I really like uh science fiction fantasy and superhero stuff i love all the mainstream stuff um and, and i forget exactly how the conversation turned this way but he started saying uh, how an alternative to... Oh, I think it was because when he said he liked science fiction and fantasy, I was like, oh, so you enjoy a lot of image books? And he was like, oh, I used to. They used to have a lot of cool books, but now I think they've gone too indie. Uh, okay. <laughs> and, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he was like, they could have had their own superhero universe that could have rivaled Marvel and DC, man. They had Wildcats, they had Youngblood, they had Savage Dragon, Shadowhawk, Witchblade, The Darkness, uh... (laughs) Cyberforce. You know, he was going down the laundry list of 90s image superhero comics. They had Pit.
1: They had The Max.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he was he was naming all of those guys, man. And at that point I was I was like, Huh, okay, I I guess it makes sense that this dude is into those. And then he started talking about Deadpool and he was like, Man, nowadays Deadpool is so popular uh because every everybody thinks he's zany, but back when he was originally created by Rob Liefeld, man, he was just this he was just this guy that would he wouldn't make jokes and and talk to the reader like that. He was he was like serious man. He was he was legitimately a badass. He would just <laughs> sit in the shadows when strife was doing his schemes and you know all this and that. And yeah. I yeah. Was, at this point, I was just kind of like smiling and nodding.
1: <laughs> oh man, he uh, oof. <laughs> yeah. And then he he said
0: something like. Uh he he talked about he started talking about the comic Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. He was like, Man, that Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe comic. That, that's just a joke, man. There's no way Deadpool could ever kill the Marvel Universe. <laughs> and I was like, I think it's supposed to be a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I I made the mistake of asking him, Oh, did you ever read The Punisher Kills the Marvel Universe? Because that was say? supposed to be a joke. He was like he he was like, oh yeah, I love the Punisher. Like now he's a guy that could definitely kill the Marvel
1: universe. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy doesn't make any sense to me, man. He's kind of all over the place. And then get so this, so Deadpool can't, but the Punisher can. <laughs> yeah, because the Punisher uses guns, man. <laughs> okay. I mean,
0: Deadpool uses guns, too, but he usually has a sword in his other hand. Yeah. So that's one less hand that's for That's one gun. less
1: gun hand. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, yeah, the Punisher, it totally makes sense that he could kill the Marvel Universe. <laughs> I could definitely see that. <laughs> oh, man. And then he, oh. he started saying, man, th- there were a lot of cool Punisher stories or... Wait, no, no, that's not what he said. He, we started talking about the Punisher, and then he started saying something about how, oh, there was this time when the Punisher, uh, they they, they killed him, man. And they, when he came back, he was even stronger. He was, And I was like, wait, are you talking about when they when made the Punisher back, an angel? angel? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah, that's the one. He could summon all these guns. So he was way more powerful than ever. And I was like, and I said, yeah, that was a pretty bad era of comics. And he was like, and he he was like, "What? I love those comics. Oof. <laughs> they made him so powerful. He could have beaten up Galactus." <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah, that was what he said. He was oh, like, man, his power level was so high. That's exactly what the Punisher needs in order to to be in the Marvel universe, man. Because he can, he he should be able to, you know, Kill stand Galactus? up against big boys. Yeah, <laughs> he should be able to stand up against Galactus."
1: <laughs> Oh, man, that's... Oh. Man, that Punisher story that you were talking about, that thing was terrible. He's and the
0: first person I've ever met who ever said anything positive about it.
1: Exactly. Like, apparently he's their market because I have never heard anyone say anything good about it.
0: In uh, fact, Marvel turned... Uh, they they disowned that series, like, super quick. Seriously. Oof. Yeah, man. Like, the whole time we were having the conversation, in the back of my mind, it was, I was thinking, hey, I should tell this guy about our podcast and give him one of our business cards. <laughs> but then once that Punisher thing happened, I was like, man, there ain't no point to this. I'm
1: going to save the paper <laughs> <laughs> that the card was printed on. Oh, man. That is, he sounds like a character, dude. He,
0: he was a character. I mean, there wasn't any, he wasn't like malicious or or uh you know there wasn't anything like to indicate that he was he was uh you know malignant it was just poor taste in comics man like i he he was he wasn't condescending or anything and i i i'm pretty sure i tried to be respectful of stuff of his views so i didn't like insult him or anything like that i i just kind of like smiled and nodded whenever he he said stuff but um
1: that's all you can do sometimes though.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I I do wish that you had been there so you just so you could have witnessed it for yourself because <laughs> my story it it's only like 25% as good as what actually happened.
1: <laughs> oh man, I mean considering the the kind of characters that we run into in in you know being fans of comics Uh, that, that sounds, I want to say it sounds pretty in line with what I would expect, but yeah, I'm willing to believe that there's a chance that he's harmless relative to some of the people, some of the jerks that we have dealt with.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, there was another little uh, tidbit I forgot to mention, but Um, when he was looking at what I was reading, uh, he kind of just like flipped through and he's like, oh, it's an indie book. I don't really mess with indie. (laughs) Like all the stuff about regular people's lives. I'm not into that. I need to have something more amazing than that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's, uh, well, I mean, he likes what he likes. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh
0: <laughs> so uh yeah. w- were you
1: amused by my story? I was amused uh but i I think I was also a little crestfallen by it, just the fact that he exists. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't happen to mention whether he was into any, like, DC stuff, did he? Whether he was, like, into new, the New 52 or or Rebirth or anything like that?
0: No, he didn't mention
1: that. Okay.
0: We, we spent most of the time talking about his favorite Image comics and, uh, and Deadpool and Punisher.
1: <laughs> Man. I mean, I'll still take that over some guy approaching me in a comic book store... Telling me how he likes comics better, you know, comics from the seventies better because they got they weren't as political then or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was a chode. He was. I'm not even sure what a chode is, but I agree. He is that. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I'll have to Google it. Man.